0: fun. I've been looking forward to this all week.
1: Alrighty, so we are Women's Dance, and today we wanted to introduce you guys to all of us and what we bring to the table. just give a little introduction of who we all are, ask some questions, have some fun, a little bit of a release from the last one, because we talked a lot about mental health, and um, shout out to Kayla, and... uh, (laughs) So, this is going to give the opportunity for us to um, have the soapbox to ourselves and just talk about you, baby. Right? So, who wants to start us off? <laughs> <laughs> I we think ha-
2: Victoria should go. Ooh,
1: oh, she just got volatile. <laughs> <laughs> I,
3: I like listening to her. <laughs> All right. So, I'm Victoria. Um, born and raised, Akwazasne, uh Wolf clan. And... A little bit about me i just uh, I don't even know where to start like it's so hard to kind of just talk about yourself and what you can bring to the to the table but I currently I am mother stepmother to eight children um, with four of them being two sets of twins and then there's my fiance will And so we're a big giant family of 10 of us and it's crazy and sometimes it's stressful just because parenting for eight children um, and there's such a big age range, four to 15. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) So, and then two, four of them with two like being the same ages. So, and then I do, I also work full time, um, 40 hours a week and then so it's like work getting everybody ready for school summer school and then coordinating with like after school programs and who's going to be home to get kids off the bus and but we do have a great support system like my parents they jump in like they are almost like our kids second parents just Mm -hmm. because they're so involved they love all the children Um, like most families in the community and then my sister she is like a second mom as well she jumped in with all eight of the kids and loves every single one of them love you Vanna yes Um, and then I mean talking about myself what I bring to the community what I bring to my family, um, I would say, is just strength and the capability to listen um, and like that empathy. Because, um, like, at work, I talk to people constantly all day on the phone and they just kind of spill problems. Like, I don't ask, I just sit there and I listen. Mm-hmm and it's like, well, I'm sorry to put this on you, but blah, 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 blah. And it's no issues, I sit there and I listen, and, because most people need that, they just need the support of somebody sitting and listening without judgment, without, um, yeah, without judgment, and just being a set of ears and a body, even if it's a stranger. Mm-hmm. Um. And then, so there's, I would say there's strength, the empathy, being a good listener, and just kind of being a strong woman mm-hmm. as much as I can. I, sometimes I don't think I am, probably like most people do mm-hmm. or don't, but I like to think that I'm one strong ass woman. <laughs>
0: believe
1: it i know <laughs> i wouldn't doubt that for a second especially at kids <laughs> <laughs> um so when we were when we met last time you had mentioned that you you had a new hobby with plants mm-hmm. and you also started learning more about crystals tell us more about that because that's these are the things that makes up victoria Mm-hmm. Right, like you're a mom and you're a wife, and you have the job. And <laughs> yes. But we want to know about Victoria. <laughs> um, what are your passions? <laughs> Tell us about you.
3: So with the plants, I had never been into plants. I would, like, I even had a bamboo, and you can't fucking kill a bamboo because <laughs> <laughs> they just need water and leave them for like a year. But I, I killed one. <laughs> So that was years and years ago and um, with the pandemic I was gifted a snake plant uh, actually before the pandemic um because I had gifted somebody chaga so like the our ways if you any with medicine it's a, a barter mm-hmm. so I was gifted a snake plant and I learned about the plant and learned when to water it like how to make it grow I'm like holy shit, I really like plants. <laughs> so then I like was collecting um, babies from people, the clippings. And then that's how it just started by getting the clippings, seeing them grow, what type of light they need, how much water, um, like all of that. So it's been about two since the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for the crystals, that was just, I don't even know. I think the pandemic as well just, it became more prevalent with like the virtual, um, the live parties. Mm -hmm. So that's how that happened. And then now I've become obsessed. (laughs) (laughs) And I want to try to collect almost every one that I can. Holy heck. I know. I have a a pretty (laughs) extensive collection. It's like a couple, maybe a thousand or a dollar.
0: Wow. I get a lot of money <laughs> that I spent on them. <laughs> oh, I have a question. Yeah. Do you ever dig up your own? Do you ever go, like, travel to go dig up your own crystals? No.
3: That's no, I cool. haven't.
0: Road trip! I know, <laughs> we should. That'd my be so much fun. And my sister and her family, that's what they do. They go when they travel and they dig them up. And I was asking her, I said well when you take them from the earth do you give an offering just like you would a plant she's like that's a really good idea we should start doing that and i was like i wonder if other people do that like instead of buying them from a store and if you're taking like a nice rock or you're taking something that you're gonna pray with would you give an offering just like you would a medicine and just a food for thought i was just thinking that that would be a nice thing to do because Mm -hmm. it's going to be giving something back to you when you use it and it's going to be giving you healing properties so Mm -hmm. Just wow, yeah. It. I never even thought of that. Yeah. That's Neither did cool. I. It was just a random <laughs> fleeting thought <laughs> about crystals. That's a good,
1: uh, I like that too. Mm-hmm. My thing when um, you talked about your plants last time, <clears throat> I was like, she never owned plants before. I am the same person. Like, I will kill bamboo. <laughs> 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 um, <clears throat> and I want, I love greenery and we. it's so good for the air and it's so good you know purifying and things like that and when you bring it into your home it does so much more benefits for your family and the air that you're breathing in 24 7 right so I'm always like I need more plants in my house I need more plants in my house and then you're talking about that and I'm I was literally laying in the pool just floating around and my husband's like playing with kids and I'm like dude guess what <laughs> and I was like Victoria was talking about all the plants that she's been learning how to take care of and whatever and he's like did you learn anything <laughs> and I'm talking about like all the things that you brought up like about the different plants and the different soil and then the different sunlight and all this and that and he's like and you just stick them anywhere and you just water them I, went, eh, I think I should put some water in there even if it doesn't need water I'm like I know uh-huh. <laughs> I'm like, I need to pick Victoria's brain a little bit more often. We should. uh, Sorry to cut you off.
3: We I just discovered there's an awesome greenery. um, Like kind of out by Potsdam. They have so much houseplants, like outdoor plants. We could all go take a trip before like the cold season starts. Me and my sister, we took the smallest twins there. They had a blast because it's beautiful like they have an awesome greenhouse and it's just covered in hanging plants and then they have a huge selection of like succulents and house plants it was amazing
1: that's cool
3: hmm
1: i'd be interested in that
3: yes anything
1: it, to teach me about that
3: it was just so much fun cool and there was like bees and butterflies everywhere
1: <laughs> it was so
3: pretty <clears throat>
1: you said that's in pots then
3: it's kind of like on the way there
1: mm. interesting it's
3: like a half hour away mm-hmm. nice mm-hmm. um and then another thing that i've recently been doing is learning about my own intuition mm-hmm. um like when we were out in the kitchen area i had discovered on instagram and tiktok this seer like i've always been into seers just not for like predicting the future or anything and this one he specializes in your intuition what you have and how to develop that stuff um and we i had a zoom meeting with him it was all virtual and he was able to tell me the color of my aura my soul skin color which i don't know if you guys have ever heard of a soul skin color
2: Mm -mm.
3: He explained it as, um, like, everybody has their aura. That is what surrounds their body. And then the, the soul skin is, if you were to die and say you got reincarnated as, like, an animal, a tree, That that would be your color
0: still. Hmm.
3: And so he told me that mine was blue. And he told me the meanings behind it. And then he kind of gave me homework of how to better connect with people and to, to, like, set the boundaries with people. And then what he told me to do was um, an energetic resume. So he's like, write this on a piece of paper, a piece of cardstock, put it on your nightstand, and read it before bed every night. And then you'll get to a point where you don't even have to look at what you wrote. You'll, you'll just say it and then because you're kind of like the strongest in alpha like right as you're falling asleep and during sleep so then it carries into the next day so that way you're like already set up for the day that way you don't have to I don't know it's kind of like um I guess it's almost like a protection for yourself Mm -hmm. so that way you don't taking people's energies, you aren't. You already have that boundary set for when you wake up and put your feet on the floor.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: So I've been doing it and I've been pra- practicing it because I talk to a lot of people. I see a lot of people every day. I talk to them on, on the phone and it has been amazing. I've been telling people no. I've been like, I'm sorry, I can't help you basically, but if I can't, If I don't know the answer, I will get it for you. And then even with my home life, like, the kids kind of can sense it. I've been voicing to my family, not, like, in a yelling way or anything, but just to put my boundary for my family as well. Like, it has been really amazing.
1: Wow, that's that's cool, because a lot of times we need to... uh (laughs) We can talk about it for everybody else but Mm -hmm. do we do it for ourselves? That's a really great uh, observation that you were able to come across. Mm-hmm. You should totally share that guy's info.
0: <laughs> I totally will. Drop that out. No, I think setting healthy boundaries and intentions on a daily basis is so important, and and you can feel that energy. You know, when you walk into a space, and and um uh, my sister always tells me like you can you have to bubble up when you go into places and and you have that you have that um option right like and and when i used to teach and and present to to kids in schools i used to think of it like ribbons right like (coughs) ribbon shirts like you you wear those ribbons and you connect to people and when you come into a room you're connecting all these ribbons to all these people and when you leave you disconnect those ribbons and you say i'm not going to carry that energy because as soon as you get into that space you have an option as to whether or not that person's in a bad mood or they're angry or they're they're (laughs) or or they're having a really bad day, and you can carry that energy with you the rest of the day and then bring that home with you and take that negativity out on your children or out on your partner or however that may be. So some people say bubble up, other people say cut your ribbons, and that's really being intentional about how you set those healthy boundaries how you create those intentions and how you disconnect your energy so i think that nightly practice is really resetting every single day and and subconsciously planting those seeds so that Mm -hmm. the next day you're like okay in the morning like i'm gonna go into this day asserting myself and those boundaries that i've planted so that every single interaction I'm going to be making sure that it's a healthy one mm-hmm. and I can make that decision for every single one and, and it, it's and it's beneficial. And, mm-hmm. and I think people aren't that mindful and, and with social media, you're interacting with thousands of people daily and you just really don't know how to set those boundaries, and and you have to do it subconsciously. So I think doing it at night while you're sleeping is a really good way to do it.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't have even thought of that either. No. That was really cool. Mm-hmm. I like that. That's awesome. Yeah. Good tip. Good idea. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else that you want to share with our listeners and anything? That the floor down. is yours, babe.
3: <laughs> um... Right now, no. I can't think of anything else.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> Pass it on to somebody else, I guess. Oh, that's Mike.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Um But Nyao, for sharing all of that. Um, appreciate all your awesome knowledge, and <coughs> I really appreciate the plant knowledge. <laughs> Just saying. And I'm going to take you up on that Potsdam stem offer. Okay. Mm-hmm. Anybody want to go next?
0: Okay, I will. (laughs) Radio, (laughs) we all go silent. Okay, I will.
1: mm So, um, my name is Alicia Hearn, and I have, I've been in Aquasazen my whole life. Um, I'm I'm Turtle Clan. Uh, Married for holy heck, eighteen years almost, and um, I have five children at home, and. For me personally, I am all about women's health, women's sexual wellness and and health like that because in 2010, I had a party where we sat in the home and a lady came in and talked about Bedroom accessories, lingerie, and all of that fun stuff. And I was like, oh, this is cool, right? So I took that on as my job. And I started doing that myself. And then over the years, I started to see, in Indian country especially, how taboo um, sex talk is. And how we are so quick to discredit or um, shut down anything that has to do with our body parts. And... I was like why? So I took it upon myself to start digging more and more and more to find out more. What why why do we think this way? Why do we talk this way? And raising small children at the time, I didn't want them to have those same ideals. So my what what really fueled me in what I'm doing is how would I want my children to be taught about bodies and how would I want to have things normalized when it comes to sex talk, the good, the bad, and the ugly, right? And how, what would I want my children's brains to be filled with, right? And and I just keep focusing on that. And so it it just keeps pushing me more and more and more in depth, and I I'm taking courses with universe, uh Indiana University to get more information to have that sexual wellness. I'm gonna be a sexual wellness expert <laughs> <laughs> because I just wanna I just want to just tear down these taboo cultural expectations that we have and every single person that I've come across has so many similar issues when it comes to their bodies, when it comes to sex, when it comes to relationships with themselves and their partners. And I'm like, okay, we need to talk about this more. This needs to be brought to the table more because, um, intimacy with ourselves and intimacy is not just about sex, but intimacy with ourselves is a really huge hurdle to overcome which then blossoms into so much more in our lives versus just being the sexual side of it right we learn how to communicate we learn to set those boundaries we learn to you know um love ourselves for ourselves and just that and then we learn how to be more compassionate (laughs) be more compassionate and loving towards one another because we love ourselves Right, and so this is my spiel. Like I just, I'm just like, yo, y'all need to just have more orgasms. <laughs> Let's just love ourselves and love one another. There's nothing wrong with that. And um, so yeah, so I do a lot of um, teachings with uh, bedroom accessories and wellness products to just help women to just de-stress and in all the things that we carry throughout our day we're moms we're we're wives we work nine to five jobs we are fur moms like we have the animals and things like that right and we have so much on our plate and women over the years have had these I don't know, expectations that we're supposed to carry all of this stuff and then we forget about ourselves and then when we try to take care of ourselves, we become the selfish person and it's like, what? No! It's backwards. It's all backwards. So I'm just here to be like, nah, you can rub one out. It's fine. <laughs> but there's so much more that wel- the sexual health and wellness encompasses, right? And, and the fact that women don't get enough support and research when it comes to the issues that women deal with right if a man has ed and i'm not slandering men whatsoever i love the men just as much as i love the women um but when a man goes to his doctor and he's got an issue with something ED or something like that there's so many different remedies there's pills and all kinds of things for him but a woman comes along and she's got a low libido and then they just want to be like i guess you're sol You can either have this really harsh pill to take or we can do something really invasive and get in there and start doing some surgery. And it's like, whoa, that's it? That's all you can offer me? Like, come on, right? So I'm just like, what else is there for us? Give us something else. And I could go on and on and on and on and on and on and on. I really could (laughs) because there's so much. The umbrella is huge when it comes to all of these things. But this is just a little tip of the iceberg that I have and that I wanted to share with everybody. Um, I am the pleasure doula and I am all about um, retraining our brains that it's okay to be sexual and sensual. And that's me. I'm just here to educate and empower. And that's all I got. Any questions?
2: <laughs> what's been a what's been a common thing that you've seen Ali as you're like you know having these parties or these gatherings with women like what's a real common like what do you think women shy away from or what's been like a real common thread and even in the laughter or the nervousness that comes out or like you know like what actually comes out when sex is on the table and you have a bunch of women in the room like.
1: I find the body image is a big, big damper, right? Like, we struggle with body image, and you could be a zero, and you could be a 22. Everybody's got those issues right right across the board. So lingerie, as soon as I want to talk about lingerie and how good it feels on our skin, right, i like, I ain't going to fit in that. I hear it all the time, right? And then another thing is, like, shut the lights off. Shut the lights off when we do it. Mm-hmm. like don't don't look at me and and, and those are the things that I want to like just tear away like like stop who cares about your stretch marks who cares about your roles and and all of these dimples and whatever that's what makes each individual person beautiful in their own um space and if you feel that way about yourself and your partners um encouraging that you need a partner no. <laughs> see me let me talk to you um no but it's a big big deal for us to give ourselves the permission to be sexual and sensual with ourselves and that's where it starts right there and that's like across the board every time I have a party anytime I have conversations with women that's the first thing and so they're just like I'll just get these lotions and I'm gonna go I'm like really really let's talk And then I'll talk some more with somebody and I'll talk deeper and deeper and deeper. And that's what it comes down to. And it's totally normal. It's totally normal to feel that way about ourselves. Look at the cultural norms that we're surrounded by. Right? Like we're supposed to look like this. Mm. Even with my Snapchat filters, I don't look like that. (laughs) So, yeah, that's a really good question, though. Do you feel,
3: do you see that there's a difference between age groups? Like the different generations with body image
1: so I find that because I only work with mainly women 18 and older right if if I have um, anybody under 18 that's part of my doula work where I'm gonna talk to women with their starting their menstruation and stuff like that right so I find when I'm doing like my parties and that the women that are between 18 and I want to say 25 27 they're really open they're like a whole other generation. I'm like, oh, I love you guys. Let's talk, right? And then anywhere from like 27 to like maybe 45, they're the generation that's really like closed right off. And like it. I'm like chiseling, chiseling, chiseling. <laughs> and then anybody 50 and older, holy heck, they're the other generation that's just like that Woodstock generation. <laughs> that's what I think of it anyways. But they're, they're free too. And, and I love it when I have older women in my parties because they'll reiterate everything I say. And they're like, Sh- yep, she's right. Yep, that's exactly true. Yep, you you ladies need to listen to her. Yep, that's exactly, you know what I mean? And like the importance of lubricant and how it's overlooked and the stigma behind lubricant. and Automatically, women are like, oh, well, that's only when you're dry and you get dry when you're older. Well, there's a whole other reason behind dryness and things like that right like let's talk about these things let's normalize using lubricant let's make lubricant an everyday thing you moisturize your face why aren't you moisturizing your vagina (laughs) (laughs) so i i that's a good question too because i i've said it to a few of my other um colleagues too like i really like partying with the older ladies because man (laughs) they are fun and um and yeah so that's that's pretty much what i see anyways on my end
0: I think there was, um, when I used to do HIV-AIDS education, I used to give out vibrators, too. And um, a lot of the women would say, well, no, I have a I have a husband, mm-hmm. and he's going to get mad if I bring that in, like, he's not enough. Mm-hmm. How would you give advice to partners about bringing those kinds of things into their home and, and easing their partners into using them? Well, I would always start
1: with something, like, Um, I like to use the word core play. I don't like to use the word foreplay. Core play is like the core of it all and most women need 20 minutes of that that time in order to reach their orgasm, in order to feel free and ready to go. So I would start with like the core play stuff massage, um, flavored products, enhancement stuff like that because he's dealing with an insecurity that has absolutely nothing to do with what I'm selling. Mm-hmm. and I'm not in any way shape or form a professional I'm not in any way shape or form a doctor I can't treat anything but I would always without being finger pointing or, or putting anybody down because I never want to do that but it, it, you kind of need to ease your way into that and there's a whole big uh, learning curve for me when it comes to that because um, it's, it's big it's, it's a big topic but, um, so yeah, so I like to focus around that part, right? Like the, the core play side of it. And then I like to ask if, if, if I can have the moment to talk with the couple, I always like to ask, what is it about these mm-hmm. things here? If you don't mind me asking, what is it about these things that, that you don't like? Mm-hmm. Because I, I never, my intentions is never to replace anybody's partner. I'm just simply here to teach about enhancements. That's it. Mm -hmm. And the more you enhance, the deeper the connection. The deeper the connection, the better the intimacy, the better the conversation. I am here to make women, to help women, uh, single women feel safe and married women married. And that's it, right? So I'm not here to... This toy is gonna to be better than your man. Mm, 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 mm. <laughs> that, no, That's a big no no. But I'm here to tell you this is a lot of fun with your man. <laughs> and it, it, it does work. Like uh, after a while, I'll have conversations with these fellas and they start to like, oh, okay, I see, I see. And I don't ever talk about my products in a derogatory way towards a man, to ever cut down a man. Because I would never want somebody to do that to me or other women right so i never talk about what i have to offer that this is the all and be all and see you later mister you know what i mean like it takes two to tango so let's
0: keep people together yeah i think in my line of work it was one-on-one so you wouldn't be bringing in a partner and and it was just something that we offered on top of like giving them condoms and lube and Mm -hmm. and the assessment and a 20 dollar gift card but at the time when i was doing that work but um It would have been helpful if we could have talked to the partner because there's a lot of stigma around that and they they feel very threatened and it's, and it's not healthy for, but that, that intimacy and putting it in that, in that term, that's so healthy. And and I wish more people would have those conversations Mm -hmm. about what that looks like because I don't think there's a lot of young people that are in long-term relationships. I mean, there's a lot of young people even in high school that are having intimate relationships that they're not having those conversations about what it takes to have good, healthy sexual relationships. And I think those that terminology would be so helpful for a lot of people in community that aren't having good sex you know like they're not doing that or they can't even say vagina like they're so awkward they're like I say we were saying that on the first podcast like they can't say penis and vagina and they're like hmm Sarah -hmm. said that Mm -hmm. I'm like well that's what my I call that because that's what it is and that's what it's going to be I'm not going to say slang terms because I'm not uncomfortable with that and we're going to have that conversation Yes. and and communication is key to any kind of healthy relationship and safe or unsafe we yep. need to make sure we're having that that communication yeah so so i'm glad that you're doing that because a lot of people have your parties everywhere you're Mm -hmm. very popular it's good
1: stuff i i really didn't get into this with the intentions of making it my career i really didn't i was just like hey, side hustle. let's see let's have some fun and then to see the need the dire need that's out there for women to feel uh comfortable and to also be given the permission you know and um in the beginning my husband wasn't on board Mm -hmm. you know and and to be honest i didn't even have any personal accessories for maybe a year or two into the business and um he was like this makes me feel inadequate like this makes me feel like what do you need me for and i'm like um i need babies no (laughs) (laughs) hello procreation no just kidding um but he didn't talk about it for a while and then when he finally did bring it to the table and we had the discussions i was like well i don't want to do this business anymore if it's going to affect you and he's like no 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 let's work through it let's work through it and see what happens and as we over the years keep talking more and more and more now he becomes somebody that men can go to like how do you feel with your woman doing this stuff like Mm you alright with that? and he's like <laughs> 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 but it's brought our communication and our intimacy level to a whole nother peak that we've never even imagined right? because the, vo- the, the, the communication and, and the usage the proper usage of vocabulary between two people makes a world of a difference and if you can't have that
0: then you gotta come back and have that with yourself first so, you know, what's funny is in, it was either 2004 or 2005, I went to a party and then I paid for like a whole package to be a hostess and then I got into an argument with my partner shortly after that and got a full refund on like, a, I don't know, like $1,500 starter package from the woman. I had to like meet her. It was really embarrassing. I'm not with that partner anymore. <laughs> but it was like it was. I I was like, well, what is this going to do to my career? What is the stigma? Like because I was really comfortable talking about it, and it was so fun, and it was something that I it was like, this is my wheelhouse. I love talking about sex ed. Like this is something that's I'm comfortable with, and and I could love seeing the women's faces light up and feel so empowered. And yeah. it was such a beautiful thing for me to watch while I was at the party, and I was like, I could do this. I could sell this. I could do it. And, and then I paid for it all. And then I ended up returning it. And I'm like, thinking about it, I'm like, you know, when I saw the work that you've done and how you're taking it to this level, it, it just makes me so proud that, that you're doing it because it needs to be done. Mm It's so healthy and in such a beautiful way that I don't, I've never seen anybody else do it in this way. And it's, it's just amazing to me. Yeah. So you're your boss.
1: (laughs) Awesome. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, shoot, there was something I was gonna say to what you were just talking about and I lost it because you just flattered me. <laughs> <laughs> but I maybe totally
0: it'll come back forgot after. about that. I'm like, oh man, like I was gonna do that and I didn't and I mean well, that's so funny how the decisions and the things that happen. Right. But yeah, we had a big fight, like it
1: was Yeah, yeah. and it, it's a real thing, right? Yeah. And like like I said, like, in the beginning, he wasn't on board, but now he's like, wait, you can make how much money? <laughs> yes, I am totally on board. No, i just kidding. <laughs> but not really. <laughs> so, um, that's my spiel. I don't want to take up everybody's time, so. Who's next?
2: <laughs> I'll, I'll go next. Kay. I think we'll, we'll keep, Sarah, we'll have Sarah anchor us down and, um, I'm like, uh, just really appreciating all your stories and, like. Finding myself in them, and uh, listening to you, you know, connecting, and I was like sitting here, and I was like, wow, like it's um, it's really nice to be here with you, and uh, I just want you to know that, like, uh, I know that like none of us really like hang out outside of this podcast, particularly, you know, I'm speaking for myself. Maybe you hang out, but like, it's really nice to just jump in at a table. With some women in the community and just uh, be ourselves, you know. So, with that, um, you know my my English name is Janelle Bove. I'm a uh, Wolf Clan here in Akwizasne. Um My Mohawk name is Gaya Hawis, which means she carries many paths. And uh, I can I, I feel I feel my name today, you know. So it's so uh, it's been interesting. I really like the, the stimulation that you both brought in, uh, both life-giving, right, that's all life-giving energy, the plants, you know, the, the gems in the, the ground, the intimacy, the connection, the sexuality. The it's the stimulation, <laughs> the arousal. Favorite word. Yeah, like, my nipples are hard. I don't know if yours are, Allie, but... all about the nipples. Yeah, I'm always about the nipples. I'll be a nipple advocate till I don't got any anymore. But, um, so yeah, I guess, uh, you know, I just really appreciate the opportunity, and uh, I think there's been uh, a lot of um, things about me that have died and uh not like there's just been a lot of times about like physically living but like a spiritual death a mental death an emotional death and uh in the process of living this life and certain parts of you dying right it's been uh it's been a lot for me to find my footing and all of that and then also um it's really evident to me today that I've really built an identity around um, the issues that our people face. And uh, I really got enthralled in it, like like most of you. You know, I, I heard one time that, you know, you, you choose it, but I think it kind of chooses you, too. And, uh, and so I just had a lot of opportunity to sit in spaces with people who are in a lot of pain. And, uh, and I think after a while that did a whole lot to me like i don't I don't think you could uh, go through that process and not come back out like not the same mm-hmm. and uh and there was these these beliefs in it in the process like um there was these beliefs that I had about like saving people there was these beliefs that I had that I could like you know, really change uh, something. I had these beliefs that um, I felt guilty uh, if I didn't show up. I felt responsible for people. And uh, I was really, like, lonely. Uh, I'm always pretty, like, kind of, like, lonely, like, alone. And, um, which is really probably interesting to a lot of people because, like, I'm very socially inclined. I can, I love the room. I love work in the room. I love, like, interacting with people. Like, that's my grind. Like, people are my thing. Mm-hmm. I love people. Like, our people, all people, like, I just, I love them. And, um, I guess really where, I guess where things got kind of, like, I can see now listening to Allie, like, taking in the all the sexual harm, past and present every day all day for years you know work and then like being in a lot of places where there was a lot of sexual harm I didn't want anything to do with a sexual party like everything in my mind brought up a hundred different horrific situations of a hundred different people that like you know and the next you know you're entwined and, and everybody's conflict, you're entwined, and everybody's projections of who you should be now that, you know, or who you need to be to them, or all of that. And, and I, didn't, I didn't really, like, know what to do with all that, but I found my way. I found a way, and it affected my relationships. A lot of my personal relationships fail because I can't keep them alive. I, I don't have the energy to water them. I don't have the energy to like, nothing. So any friend that I have left is pretty much one that's just been like, you know what? I, I know not hearing from her is not personal and that she's just struggling. And and I've been <sighs> struggling. And and sometimes like your, pers- your struggle with that is just, my struggle has not been prioritized with myself because it's hard when, you know, someone reaches out and they're like, I need you, you know, like, and it's serious and you put everything down and you and you go and it, and it works out and it's good and they get the help that you need. But then, like, you know, like you mentioned earlier, there's nobody there to catch you, you know? Like, who's catching the advocates? Who's catching the people providing the service? Who's catching the first responders? Because, like... It's um it's it's you know, it's just a hard place to be sometimes. And then, you know, I I've I've I think there's this assumption maybe that I've made or created for myself, but like all the things that I'm helping with, I don't have either. All the things that I'm addressing, I'm a, I'm a victim of, I'm a survivor of. Like there's there's not one thing that I'm not doing that I'm not directly or indirectly impacted by. And so, like, I really wanted to stop showing up like I'm superwoman or like I got it or there's this projection of me and maybe I created it or maybe I was trying to live up to everybody's expectations or presumptions or, or something. But what was really great about all of this was connecting with people in a way that, like, changes your life. Like, it, it changes Everything. But, you know, I had to figure out what to do with all that because uh, I wouldn't let my partner touch me. Don't touch me. I'm, like, drowning in rape and violence and all these things. I don't want to get better at it. I don't want to know anymore about, like, too much. And then I had to find my sexuality again. Right, I had to find some kind of way to have excitement, I had to find a way to get out of all the depressing things, I found that I only knew how to talk about deep things, I couldn't even have a surface level conversation because it's not in my day every meeting i'm in every conversation what's the injustices of the indigenous people what's the historical impact what's the trauma-informed care what's the plan what's the protocol what's the cultural center? like there is so much thinking that goes into the mindset of like trying to provide a good healthy authentic service and then you, you can easily get lost in it. I'm probably still lost in it, to be honest with you. But I'm not here to, like, I never wanted to come off like I feel victimized by helping people. Even though I feel victimized by helping people. Because it's hard when you're helping people and then they turn on you. It's hard when, like, you're dealing with people who have a lot of trauma and they, they shift that trauma. And all of a sudden, you're the enemy now. You know or you know something personal about me so i know you're treating me some kind of way or i know that you know what he said to you and now i'm not going to talk and i'm going to unfriend you and i'm going to and like and i'm like i don't even like you know i'm all entwined and stuff that doesn't belong to me that i'm not even trying to pick up i'm i'm getting it from every angle and i'm all i'm trying to do is help people and people will find a way to like demonize you or like come after you or attack you and not, and there's so many times like where I've felt like I didn't have like the support I needed and I took it. I've been attacked publicly, privately and I I just I just took it. I just took it. And it hurts when you just take it. And and I don't want to take it anymore and i don't want to show up like i'm like I'm not a human or that like i don't have kids at home or like i don't have like relationship issues or like i'm not i'm not trying to like set myself up for failure because like i know that i'm a human being made to make mistakes and i'm okay with that today and I'm okay with owning them, and I'm okay with being responsible, but I'm, like, overly independent, like, to the point where, like, I won't even probably let you be there for me if you wanted to because I don't rely on people like that. And that's just where I've arrived at, and I'm owning it, and I'm being public about it, and I'm not trying to, like, come off. Like, it's just that there was never really a—I never created a time for me to uh, authentically show up because everybody else's pain was more important than mine.
1: Mm.
2: And and all of those deep-rooted things, so you know, the last conversation that we had that I was able to share with you I went to Sundance and I went out there and I, and I go there, I go there to die. I, I know that. I go there, it's hard, it's difficult, it hurts, you, you, you just like, it's difficult and I went out there and you know what happened is um, Is uh, there was this uh, this root there was this big fat root inside of me a belief a rooted belief that I deserve to suffer that the only way I could have value is if I suffered and that part of me died and like every day now if I start to have thoughts that aren't of my highest good I say hey know, we died a couple weeks ago remember we're not gonna suffer anymore we're not gonna have the. we're not gonna go down that rabbit hole we're not gonna project we're not gonna think about other people like we're not gonna do all that like we chose not to suffer anymore remember and I thought wow you know I'm in like yeah I'm in agreement with that today because I feel like I've been used I feel like I've been used sometimes. I feel like I've been extorted. I feel like I've been a pro. I feel like I've just let people like do whatever they wanted with me and then they go. And I'm left there feeling like, did I not do enough? And and that was all rooted in the belief And so, you know, I just wanted to, like, uh, I don't have, like, no, this is me. Just being me in this moment, I'm not worried about anything like that. But I just wanted to, like, really own the fact that, like, this was really about, you know, wanting to be a better mother. Because, like, it's I think it's really hard for kids to have mothers that are in the community because, like, I've left them. They've had to figure a lot of things out because I wasn't home but I'm the only one working I'm the, I'm the one like providing I'm the one taking care of everything and and so the boom there's more guilt right more guilt I'm not I feel here guilt I feel there guilt you know and, and, and there's all this pressure constant 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 pressure and uh and so you know I'm here to say that uh, I'm a diamond mm-hmm I'm a diamond and I'm I'm here with the Haga people because they are crystal. We are crystal people. Flint are is a crystal. And I feel like the origins of my intuition and my celestial spirit is bigger than all of that. And and before I go to bed I actually put down all the titles not a mom, you know, you're not at this, you're not a woman, you know, I'm just light, I'm just energy. Mm. I don't have to carry any of those things, all the trauma, all, I just, not. I'm just light, light, love, and truth. Light, love, and truth. That's all I am. And, uh, and, and it helps. It helps so much, you know, so I just, uh, I do a lot of work, you know, around justice and uh, things like that. And I just really like to, you know, I, I really like to, to fight. <laughs> I really like to fight for our people. I really like to buckle down. I like to get dirty. I like to do the work. I like to go extra hard. Like, I like to, like, go all the way, 150 miles, hit the wall, turn around, come back, do it. Like, I do. I, that's, I can do all that. But it's a little bit violent it's not there's nothing gentle about any of that so th- i'm i'm really walking into a space where i want to be more gentle with myself and i want time with me like i want to pour all that love all that good love it's genuine you know if there's anybody on this call that i've ever or on this talk that i've ever had to have a deep mutual conversation with i just want to let you know like that's exactly what it was you know it was all real it was all transparent it was all genuine it was it was real and, and I, I i appreciate real moments with people and so that's just kind of how i am and i know it's like when you're different like that it's easy for people to point you out or to make a spectacle of yourself because you because you put yourself at the front of the room and 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 sometimes it's hard you know, and there is—it's—it's—it's it's, it's as hard as you think it is, but it's even more rewarding when, like, you feel powerful, and I feel my power, and I—and I feel like, uh, I feel like I'm doing a better job at doing a better job with myself, and I don't really have people around me like that. Whatever real relationship I have, they're mostly working relationships. And I find my family and my work. And and there's nothing wrong with that, you know? Like, it's very fulfilling. But, like, they, I heard today in, in my, my therapy session that a lot of my loneliness was because I didn't have a place to put my love. There's things that, I, there's ways that I want to love and I can't. And it makes me feel alone, you know. And so I'm I'm working on that. I'm working on that and uh and I just really wanna be um a little bit a little bit more um a little bit more real. And so uh I'm not afraid anymore like that. It doesn't control me like that. It's like the death of like your ego. Is really important, and it also leave you wide fucking open. <laughs> like the the thing that I used to protect myself is gone, and so I have to like find a healthier way, and and it's working, and it's there, and so, you know, I just wanted to, um, you know, come in like and th- thank you for you know what I mean, just like creating space for me, and uh, and I'm real happy to be here with you like that, and and to have an opportunity to share and just. You know be a a contribution in another way like to me these conversations are really like in my experience with people these conversations are gold they're pure gold because we just don't hear them Mm -hmm. and 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 we're having them you know so you know with that I just you know there's a lot but that's that's good for now I feel good about that and uh, you know I just wanted to look over at my beautiful sister Sarah and Mm -hmm. you know pass the tea
0: <laughs> pass the tea
1: Well, I just wanted to <laughs> say before you go um that it was it it takes it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of uh, courage to own up to that vulnerability and to be so transparent and to be on something like a podcast where it's going to be public and to own up to that and to acknowledge all of that it's huge and it gives our listeners and even us in this room the opportunity the permission the normalcy of all the things that's engulfing everything that you had just said because everybody that's listening is gonna pick a little bit from you and be like yeah Oh my God, she hit the nail right on the head. That's exactly what I get. That's exactly what I'm feeling. And so it gives them a sense of like, oh shit, I'm not alone, right? And we did talk about that last time, about feeling alone and feeling lonely and to just open ourselves up to show people that they're not alone and there's always a safe space and there's always people sitting at the table having drinks together Mm -hmm. or their 3TKs or (laughs) their Starbucks coffees and whatever to have these conversations but to just like normalize it right Mm -hmm. and and to just keep opening that vulnerability because ego makes us feel like we can't and like you said that's the protection protection from what Mm
0: -hmm.
1: right life hurts it's gonna hurt people are gonna hurt us and we're gonna hurt ourselves but there's so much love and care and compassion with letting the ego go and having that vulnerable space right and then you have deeper connections and stronger conversations and higher perspectives that comes along with opening up that vulnerability so i really applaud you for taking the stand and and opening up like this and you chose us to open up <laughs> so nyawa, uh, now for that
2: thank you ali i appreciate awesome. you
3: well, I just want to say, well, Ali hit it on the head, but the way you get your energy back is by saying no. Every time you say no to somebody, it starts in your toes, and it just slowly starts filling. And it keeps filling every time you say no, if it's to a coworker, to a spouse, to your children, to whoever. As long as you say no, like I said, it's just going to keep filling from your toes all the way up to the top of your head, all the way down to your fingertips. And then you get stronger. And then those boundaries get set. And then everybody, you teach them how to interact with you mm-hmm. by saying no. yeah, Because that boundary, you set it. And this is for all the listeners as well. Because we're kind of taught from kids to listen, to comply. And then you become a teenager and you become rebellious. And then that can, but it can turn into having not being informed of consent. And then because you don't know how to say no. So rape can happen or some type of of abuse and then into the adulthood still not saying no leads to hurt mm-hmm. and then you give something to that person they don't return it back yeah. so every time that you physically say no to somebody you just make yourself more full because that boundary is set mm-hmm. And that's something that I'm learning to do as well
2: mm-hmm.
3: with my intuition, with where I'm going. So it, it feels weird. It's like, like you said, you feel guilty that there's, like, I, I feel like I need to help. But if you physically can't because you have nothing to give, then it's just you're going to keep getting smaller and smaller. Mm-hmm. So, no. No. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Or is this where I practice? No. Yeah. <laughs> okay. no. yeah.
2: Awesome. <laughs> Thank you, Victoria. <laughs> You're
0: welcome.
1: So, take the stage, Sarah.
0: Uh, <laughs> um, Just kidding. Say <laughs> go. So, I'm uh, I'm Sarah Rourke. Um, I'm a doctor. <laughs> um, my. Um, my name is Kumohahawi, which means they gave her the road, I'm state road for life. <laughs> if you don't know, now you know. Um, uh, my name means they gave her the road, I think I said that already. Um, I have a three-year-old named Ayawila Denias, and my husband is a Duong. We've been together 15 years, we've been married eight-ish. Um... I wear so many hats. Um, I, I was just thinking about everything that you just said, and it, um, my, my downfall is how I became a doctor. And hear me out. <laughs> um, I just did my dissertation, my research on Aquasusi Antis and the decolonial the ethnographic journey of decolonial healing. And I interviewed aunties in Zasni and the impact of colonialism and the colonial mindset on on their journeys and what that looks like for them. And I say them because not all of the aunties were women. And um when I interviewed these when, these aunties, it was really important to talk to them about the expectations, the burdens, and the weight that they carry in community. And how um, harmful it can be for the hypervigilance of carrying um, ceremony, language, child rearing, um, community events, fundraising, um, all of those expectations that community has on aunties, but also um, working full time, um, taking care of the elderly, doing whatever it is that an auntie does, but also standing on the front, front lines to fight for social justice in a ribbon skirt all at the same time while trying to learn your culture, your language, your ceremony, your, your songs, your, all of those things while holding your family together. If you have a family, if you don't have a family, then you get to watch somebody else's kids. Um, and what I found is that many of these aunties felt like they were being groomed by older aunties. Or they were saying, well, I had to do it, so now you have to do it. Or um, others didn't realize they were feeling this weight until they were hit with black holes of depression or other kinds of um, disparities, whether it was anxiety or um, just mental health issues, um, suicide attempts. just Netflixing for days and not leaving their homes, overeating, like just um, a lot of different um, maladies. It was just really heavy for them before they realized that they had to take care of themselves. Mm -hmm. And the reason that I decided to do this research is because I'm an auntie and I wanted to see if I was the only one because I sat I I've done a lot of work in my in my lifetime and, and I love my community and, and I've gone from being a community educator to a policy analyst to running a cultural center to being on multiple boards and heritage sites and and whatever I could do to give back to our people as a deer clan woman. I would do that I would cook the cornbread and the fry bread and and bring the fish and and do whatever was asked of me whenever it was asked of me I would keep the fires and and go and help with the wakes and clean up after the longhouse and and do X Y and Z and I think I, I and I know I have so much pride in who I am as um, a Ganungwe like I And I wanted that acceptance. I wanted that, um, I wanted that position and community where I, there wasn't a question that I was from here, that I was part of this, that I was, um, that I had that ability and, and, um, and then I went into working with MMIW and I wor- worked for the National Inquiry and I was surrounded by so much trauma and I heard over 800 family stories and helped them testify um, about the systemic violence and the genocide of Murdered and Missing Indigenous Women, Girls, Trans Two-Spirit. And I set up ceremony across Canada for them so that they could safely tell their stories. And And on that road I was assaulted and we had um, security that followed us because we were in like the most dangerous cities in Canada and I was pregnant like the whole time like (laughs) almost the whole time and I worked right up until I couldn't fly anymore Mm -hmm. so and I was disconnected from community because I was flying like every other week or I would fly I would come home for a day do laundry and fly out the next day on the red-eye so and And it was like, I wanted to give back in any way that I could because I knew that I just wanted to show my love and I wanted to give back to the youth. I wanted to give back to our elders and, and I was burnt out. Mm -hmm. And when I got back from the inquiry, I was pregnant and I had a baby. And at nine months, I went to grad school. Like, let me get a doctorate. So (laughs) I think, um, and then when I finished grad school in February, by that time, um, recently, I was anemic and I had carpal tunnel. And so then I I quit my job and (laughs) I had surgery. and, And then I haven't worked since. And I just started a job on Monday. So I'm healing and I'm starting back on boards and working in community now, but it took me like now, I mean, that's years of like being in community and, and doing all of that work and, and doing the research and like, the, like being back in community and, and interviewing those aunties and giving them my tobacco seeds from my tobacco that I grew at my home and, and giving them that love and that space and sharing in those stories and losing my duda along the way, losing really good friends along the way that you think you would never lose, and your heart breaking over and over again at the same time. I think those lessons teach you who are the who the people are gonna be that are gonna be there, right? And who is gonna stand beside you and aside from that, like what your priorities really are. And I give back to all of the people that gave back to me through those hardest times. Like I'm back on the board at the library because every time I needed a place to study, they'd clear table they'd run and get me resources they were like sarah what do you need brad would like hold my phone because i would like hold my phone because i'm going to procrastinate and give it back to me in two hours because i have a deadline and she would hold it for me so that i could type my ass off and get my deadline and meet it Mm -hmm. the library had my back so in my thank you and my dedication for my dissertation i i wrote in there and like i'm on the board at the traveling college like any resources, anytime I needed anything, anytime I had needed extra money and they needed some consulting, I would do that. Like the culture the traveling college has always been there for me. So like those organizations that have always been there for me, I I jump for them because they they like always come back, you know, and I I could read you my resume right now. I've I dabble in like ten thousand different things. But I, I think I think I, I'm, I'm really proud of being a really good mom. Mm-hmm. And my baby is so happy and beautiful. And I had weight loss surgery so I could have her. They told me when I was 29 that I was over 300 pounds. I'm 5'2". So <laughs> um, they said, Sarah, if you continue like this, you're going to die. You're going to be dead by 35. I said, okay, I'm twenty-nine. They're like, you can't have a baby and you're gonna die. I was smoking a pack a day. <laughs> I was over three hundred pounds and and I wanted a child, you know? And but I was very I've always been very career driven, so I was like, Okay, uh, what do I do? Um and so I was gonna get a lap band, I was gonna do X, Y, and Z and and I uh I ended up having a Ruin Y and it saved my life. It absolutely saved my life. And I see people out there bashing surgeries and talking shit. <laughs> in, it's an easy way out. It's the hardest thing I've ever done. And I tried so many different ways to lose the weight and I. I had a gym membership and I did that every day and I ate really healthy and I tried Nutrisystem and Weight losses, um, Weight Watchers and, and like all of the ways, you know, and, and nothing worked. And I think there's a real stigma around actually asking for help, you know, and that's why people just don't tell people. I tell the world. I don't care. I had weight loss surgery and it saved my life. I would have been dead. I wasn't ble- breathing, breathing while I was sleeping. I was in pain all the time. I I wasn't I wasn't doing or living to the best of my ability and and now I have a child and I'm alive and I'm 40. You know, like and I look damn good. Like whatever. <laughs> yeah. <you know>? <laughs> <laughs> so fuck the haters, right? Like <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I'm proud, you know, like I got my health back and my life back. So You got you back. Yeah, okay. yeah. And I lived I lived to get my degrees. I'm a lifelong nerd, like, so if anybody wants to nerd out with me, that's always fun. I'm I'm all about that. So I don't know, like I I feel like there's women out there that put it all out there for everybody else. And I hear that so much in so many people's stories, and and it's about reciprocity, Mm -hmm. and it's about balance, and it's about what am I going to get back, and where are your priorities? And when you sit there at the end of the night, and and you pray, or you breathe, or you do yoga, or you just sit in silence and put your damn phone down, which is my worst addiction, right? I need to put my damn phone down. But when I actually center myself and ground myself, what is the most important thing to me? And it's my family Mm -hmm. and it's my it's my sisters, it's my parents, it's my daughter, like it's it's my husband. Like they are the most important things. And then everything else comes secondary and and i think that's what the pandemic has taught us right like it and, and when you re-examine your friendships like who are the people that are there for you are they really friends or or are they people that you grew up with along the way and and sometimes you just have to let that fall away and then the ones that are secondary family they'll stay you know like and and that's important too cuz we all grow and change and And I think that's hard, too. Nobody tells you how hard it is to mourn friendships. Mm -hmm. Nobody talks about that, and they need to Mm -hmm. because it's fucking heartbreaking. That's real. Mm -hmm. That's so real. Uh, But I started a new job on Monday. I'm now the director of the Indigenous Health Professions Program at McGill University, and I'm also a um, faculty lecturer and that means that I get to help Indigenous students in the health field from like social work, um, nursing, um, dentistry, any health field to be placed in internships at Indigenous clinics but also to help them with like tutoring and different uh support that they need in within the medical school from undergraduate to graduate um, all the way through and then i get to help with the curriculum um, of the professors so that's what the um the lecturer part is is i get to help review the curriculum and then help them with their um with how they're interacting with students and, and ensuring that there's safe space for them so um, I started on Monday, and I'm learning a lot, and I really like the team, and I really think it's a good space for me, so I'm super happy about it. Wow. Yeah, so I'm Professor Rourke at McGill. <laughs> that's amazing. Yes. Yeah, just,
2: <laughs> that's pretty sweet, Sarah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, I sit
1: here, and I'm just, like, listening and soaking in everything you guys are saying, and I all I can... is passion holy smokes it's so strong and i feel like um this is what we give to everybody else right it's okay to be passionate and it's okay to just soak it all in and take it all in because it is what makes who we are is what our passions are right and and when we just feel so fiercely inside um that it causes uh, emotions. It's just that's who we are at our core, and it just it feels good in here. It just mm-hmm. feels good. watch y'all from? You know,
0: it's healing, and it's like any somebody knows somebody who knows somebody in community. You know, mm-hmm. like like I know people who work at the UN, and I've spoken at the UN like three times. So it's. And if you wanted to work with people at X, Y, and Z, I mean, Janelle went to speak with the Pope last week. Like, there's, there's just, like, not to be ridiculous and name drop, but I feel like if you wanted to work in sex ed, that you would be able to, like, connect. Like, I think in our community, we have this beautiful connection to all of this, like all of these resources all of but but ultimately it's about that energy that we create together to make things happen and it's it's um and it's an evolution right like it's like our our ancestors weren't doing that they were doing big things for sure like because they're the founders of this country for real, like, or they, they wanted to stop the founding of this country, but they, they, the ideas of the founding of the country are from our ancestors. So they had big ideas. And I think all of us in our own way are keep evolving that like one generation after the next, after the next. And I feel like that's such a beautiful thing for us to see. (laughs) And even if you think that you're, um, not doing anything at home, like you can do those things like it's just i think it's um i don't know like i just get really excited about it when i hear what students are doing and what i what i hear what youth are doing and i'm seeing all these posts online of like kids going off and getting all these awards and stuff i get really excited about it because because they um they really are they're just evolving Mm -hmm. it's just it's Mm -hmm. just beautiful to see yeah it is
1: your journey is amazing. Holy man, I bet you can write a book. Are you gonna write a book? Yeah, I'm gonna write a book. Yeah, it's on, it's on my bucket list. Right
2: on. We should all write a book. You take the first three chapters, and we'll all take a couple chapters, and we'll
1: <laughs> smash it together.
2: My <laughs> nice slam book.
1: Holy way back. <laughs> slam book. Oh my goodness. That is so, like, so you've mentioned earlier about traveling all over the place right and Mm -hmm. um i'm terrified of traveling like i'm like i'm just gonna stay in north america no i don't want to go anywhere so i'm scared
0: so what would you tell me don't be afraid (laughs) just do it i mean i i still need a passport but i went all across canada like left and right and back again and I've seen them, I, I mean, I went up to um, Thompson, Manitoba, and they taught me how to build a teepee, and they picked on me the whole time as, as a oh, shorty woman building a teepee, but they taught me how to do it. And what each of the poles meant, and it was freezing, but it was the most beautiful thing that I've ever been through. Like, if you don't go, you don't like, you don't see it, you don't experience it, and why miss out on the world and life? Like, as soon as my daughter's old enough to travel, she's coming with me. You know, like as soon as she can, like, do it all. Like, she's coming, and I'm not gonna let her miss out. I mean, I was raised um, traveling. My father was an engineer, so we moved. From Utica to Georgia to Florida to Indiana and then back home so I moved back here when I was 10 so I didn't grow up here I went to all these different elementary schools and I met all different kinds of people and my best friend was Korean growing up like I, I always knew that there was a bigger world out there before I moved back to the res so I think that's why when it was time to travel. Like my parents always put me in different summer camps growing up, like they never wanted me to just stay here. And my dad has always traveled like that. So they were just like, go, get out, go do things. Probably because they didn't want me to stay at home. They're like, get out of here. But (laughs) I just think that that kind of planted seeds for us to just be like, all right. And I'm not afraid of traveling ever. Like I travel by myself all the time. My husband's always like, ah! You're going, and I'm nervous. I started the smoking cigars again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, why? Like, I'm gonna fucking go. Like, here I go. Like, I'm just, I'm. I'll tell you when I get there and where I'm staying and here's the address. Like, don't you worry about me. I'm meeting a bunch of indigenous women when I get down there. Usually, you know. So it's there's a big old world out there that you need to see and why waste your time just sitting on your ass at home when you can experience the world like but i like seriously. the island no. i know. but you can it's always gonna be here. it's always and it doesn't change it's just like the it's just like brass horse everybody's still sitting at the bar that was there you know like if i walk in they're all gonna be there they were all there when like, i quit drinking you know like come on fuck <laughs> Today. <laughs> that was, that was <laughs> a good one. <laughs> uh,
1: the island is not like Morocco. <laughs>
0: That's not what I meant. <laughs> I'm just gonna. <laughs> I'm not gonna have everybody on the island <laughs> pissed off. <laughs> <on me. laughs> yeah.
1: Oh man, I I love to hear about people's journeys, especially when it can be so expensive like that. Um, because like I said, like I'm I'm like afraid to make do those kinds of things. Um, travel, Like I said, traveling, I've had a conversation with uh, one of my doulas before and she, when she was 15, she was like all over the world. Yeah. And I was like, oh, why? <laughs> <Keep laughs> Be brave. But then I'm like, tell me all the stories so I can live vicariously through <laughs> you. <dream." laughs> you know, but it, it does, it does fuel me to give me a little bit of courage Leia. Like, could i leave this country <clears throat> but i like i really enjoy this uh this opportunity to have you guys share your journeys and and what you guys are bringing to the table because we don't get enough opportunity to talk about ourselves and we're scared to talk about ourselves right and I remember when I first brought it up and you were like, wait, wait, what?
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Why?
1: Why don't you talk about me? And I'm like, I want to know about you guys. And I'm sure the listeners want to know about you guys too. And like, who are you? What do you got? What did you do?
0: No, I think it's funny because we don't really know each other that well. Like we don't hang out outside of this room. We really don't. And I think another thing that people need to know that they kind of forget, especially when you're young is that your mistakes don't define you? Mm-hmm. I am not who I was yeah. when I was 25 Neither and older. <laughs> oh, God, me I am. <laughs> I can totally for that. I, I don't yes. know who Sarah Hearn is. <laughs> 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 I don't know that girl. Like Ali Benedict, who?
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, my goodness, that was a good one, Sarah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, does anybody have any questions or anything for Sarah? Oh, yeah. Dr. Sarah. Ha <laughs> <laughs> It's
2: still weird. Yeah, I just feel like, you know, Sarah was like sitting here and I remember like when I was first jumping in the ring, you know, you were out there like doing it up in the community, right? Doing your presentations. You were so like the fluidity and your ability to be articulate about HIV and, and making people feel comfortable visually it was nice because you were just this beautiful young woman that was coming in and saying hey like i just want you to be safe and hey like it's all right and hey like and we really felt that and i remember speaking at salmon river for like the friend when you brought that up earlier like brought me all the way back there you know i'm then at the tent you know and and you know what i've realized is that like when you're younger you don't you don't think that you're gonna end up raising your families alongside the people that you end up kind of like growing up with you know (laughs) like we don't end up thinking like that far and we're not supposed to right because we're not there yet but what's really interesting like you're saying is like we all sprouted at a certain time and we've come up and we've cultivated ourselves. And yet we're all like at a at a decent place, you know? We're all like at a place much further than I think we might've thought we would've been at, you know, because when I was younger, if somebody would've said, well, by the time you're 37, you know, yeah, you're gonna have an opportunity to address, you know, colonialism and trauma and all of that. And, you know, and I would've been like, whatever, like, I'm not gonna live past 25, homie, like I'm trying. To- I'm trying to kill myself here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I was yeah. out to kill myself. I yeah. was doing everything to kill myself because I could. I didn't know how to survive. I didn't have the tools. I didn't have the mechanism. I didn't have the support. And, like, by the grace of some kind of divine phenomenon, you know what I mean? I end mm-hmm. up under the right tent, you know, talking to the right people. And someone says, you know what? I see something in you that you don't see in yourself right now, and I just want to support that. And mm-hmm. that's literally, like, what saved my life from myself was other people saying like I see you Janelle and I'm like I don't see me but that's you know that's cool <laughs> you know and and just trying to be like real humble about it you know because like you know it is it's, it's important to stay balanced like that and then some of us don't know how to accept compliments we don't know how to accept that we're doing a good job like all I know was that my worth was in how much I work I did mm-hmm. my worth was in my work mm-hmm. and because I didn't put my worth anywhere else when there was when I wasn't working I was nothing and so I, I became this workaholic. So I just, like, appreciate that today, in spite of whatever backgrounds or all the harm that we received when we were at there, there's a really beautiful, matured flower that we really get to become. And our, and our kids are like, wow, like, our moms are, like, conversating, and they're having the uncomfortable conversations, and they're showing us, you know. And, and you know, I just want to acknowledge like josh in the room real quick too because you know like i just you know because like you even hosting these podcasts for us or being around us women while we get to talk and making sure things are okay and you know dogs not barking the kids you know what i mean like i just want to acknowledge you for being in the room right now because like that's nice you know, that's nice when we have guys around, like, making sure that we can do what we need to do. And, you know, I, I think you tried to run out of the room a couple of times, but now I'm just playing with you. But, <laughs> but, you know, like, yeah, you're in the room and you're supporting us. And that's also what this room looks like, right? Like, we are being supported by a male today in a, in a healthier way. And, and I think that that's, like, duly noted, you know. So I, I just wanted to, like, say, you know what, like, what a treat, you know, this is what's nice about, like, the unexpected things, you know, like, sitting here, being invited, your husband inviting me, Victoria, you know, like, I have a lot of, I have a deep appreciation for men that reach out to me for their partners, and there's very few I could count on one hand in 10 years how many men have come to me and said, you know what, my wife's hurting, and I, she needs help, can, can you help me help her? And I'm like, I don't give a shit what anybody says about you. You're okay in my books. <laughs> yes. Right? You're looking sure. out for your woman. You're okay in my book. Mad, spe- mad respect to you and for doing that for her. And so, like, you know, and those are the things I want to talk about because I'm tired of talking about, you know, what we're not. You know, I'm just tired of it. Like, I can't. Like, we. Uh, the narrative is, like, I, I'm ready for the narrative. The, the narrative in me has changed. Put it that way i'm not projecting that on other people but i would like us to talk you know to be able to work through this and then like just blend it because we are trauma and pain and we are like beyond beautiful and blessed and like artistic and brilliant and like celestial we're just so damn deep and vast and like totally iconic that i've really come to appreciate what 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 love was trying to be passed down to us. Hmm. There was a real love that was trying to make its way hmm. to us. And, and we got it, you know? And so I just wanted to say that, you know, like, I, I love you, you know, I love you, I love your stories, I love the way you've been able to connect with your babies and I'm real proud, you know? Like, this is where I like to be. These are the comp, this is home for me, this is nice, it's safe, like, this is family. Mm. Right? And and I need that. I need family. Like, I need people around me that want my best interests and that aren't going to get insecure and aren't going to get jealous and aren't going to compare themselves. And, you know what I mean? And not going to, like, it's just nice. Like, I'm safe. I'm safe. You know? And that's really all I ever want to feel. I just want to feel safe with people. You know? So, um, you know, just thank you for all that. You know?
0: Yeah. Hmm. Oh, I... I think, um, I think for people who are listening out there, it's a good time to take a moment and think about your own gifts and center yourself and, and really revel in in who you are and what is beautiful about yourself. Because I don't think people really do that. Like, be like, well, I'm kind of a big deal. Mm -hmm. And, and really like celebrate yourself Mm -hmm. because I know I don't do that. And everybody like, I I ran into a friend the other day and she's like, Oh, congratulations. I haven't seen you. And I'm like, about what? And I was just really kind of weirded out because I don't, I don't want to. And when I'm in this room with you, like, I'm like, I'm sitting here. I'm like, Oh God, how many times have we said doctor? (laughs) Like, I just feel ridiculous. I know. And you're telling me stop, but I feel like, my head's gonna be this big, and everybody in community is gonna be like, "Sarah's fucking full of herself." No, that's real.
3: Mm-hmm. Be full of yourself. I know. You worked hard. I know, and
0: so I'm saying it out loud. Like I'm, it's okay for me to feel proud of myself, mm-hmm. and it's also okay for people listening to feel proud of yourself mm-hmm. and still be humble, but also celebrate yourself because right. you fucking deserve it. Right. And oh. I need to do that too. <laughs> Because I, I'm sitting here feeling ashamed that I'm proud of myself and that you guys are proud of me, too. And I shouldn't feel that way. And I think when we go and we're exposed right now, like, because we're going to be out there in the world and people are going to hear us, I think it's really important that we don't tear each other down, that people don't tear us down. And, and I'm sur- sure people certainly will, but I don't know if they'll get to the end of this thing anyway. Because <laughs> they're going to listen to five minutes of it and be like, those bitches. But,
2: but
1: what
0: at the, like, they yeah, right. I don't want to listen to them. But at the same time, like I think that's a it's a teachable moment where like I have to remind myself like it's okay to not be humble when you've actually done things that are amazing. Like if you're ridiculous and you're not, but whatever. But I just <laughs> I just feel like. Like, I have to keep reminding myself, like, I am accomplishing things and I, it's okay to be proud because I'm making my family proud, I'm making my friends proud, I'm making my daughter proud, and, and I constantly downsize what I've done. Almost to the point where I haven't done it until somebody calls me Doctor Roar. See,
1: and this is exactly why I said we're gonna do a segment where we're gonna talk about ourselves. Oh, because I am all about <laughs> where we're taught that it all came if out. we brag <laughs> if we brag we're full of ourselves. If we brag we're showing off. Yeah. But you worked hard and you worked hard and you worked hard for everything that you are now. So why the hell are you not allowed to be bragging? Why the hell is bragging such a bad thing? Yeah. Why? You know, like you put yourself in this position because you made the decision, I deserve better. Yeah. So show off. Because I, I, <laughs> well, um, what you're doing is you're giving the person behind you or the person watching you the permission that I know her personally, and she's not a braggy person. She's not a show-off. She's not a big head. But she's proud of herself. So I can do it too. Mm -hmm. We're so constantly running, trying to make sure that she's proud of me, and they're proud of me, and he's proud of me. But what about us being proud of us? Yeah. That should be coming first. We should have every chance in, in, in all the times to be able to brag about all the things in our life and not be worried about anybody's insecurity coming up and taking away from our thunder. Because your thunder is your thunder. I can't take it away from you and you can't take away my thunder. Nobody can ever come along and take whatever it was that you learned and your skills and your knowledge. Nobody can take any of that away from you. Right? Mm -hmm. So fucking brag, man. Share that (laughs) shit. Because... People need to know who you are. People need to know what you've been through. People need to know what you're offering so we can build that connectivity, so we can build that sisterhood back up again. So we have, we don't have to outsource and we know community is right here in our backyard and who we can turn to and where those safe spaces are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I am like super passionate on that kind of stuff. I feel that.
2: I'm like fully receiving all of that. I'm like, I'm I'm in agreement. I'm Uh, agreeing with her. I'm going to be like, no,
1: I'm going to put the mirror in your face and I'm going to be like, listen, you worked hard for what you are. Own that shit. Right. Own everything that makes up you as a person. (laughs) Okay, well. <laughs> I like that well actually you know the
2: playing small is a trauma response for it us is. like it's it a trauma response is. like it's it's that's that's our you know response to like oppressing ourselves right because we 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 like we don't we never really get permission outside to say like yeah you can be big bold unique different it's like no like, you know what I mean like you always feel that and so like just even like breaking the the stigma and like, verbally calling it out and then us like owning it you know what I mean and just talking about projection and all that is like uh is a real beautiful thing because like I don't want to set our kids up to fail either right mm-hmm. like I don't I don't want them like I remember one time I went to a conference and this lady told me uh she from was from a hotline um she was like you know providing services she said I would never hire you she says, because you're too young. And by the way, I was, like, going to get defensive, right? Like, oh, what, so I'm young. I don't know nothing. Like, oh, yous, like, older ladies. Like, you're always treating us like we're not, you know, capable of, like, figuring anything out on our own or something, you know? And I was all ready to get defensive. And she said, you know why I wouldn't hire you? She says, because I know what this job's going to do to you. Mm-hmm. And I know what it's going to do to your kids. and And I don't want to do that to you. And that was the first time any woman like really like in a way showed me that your your family is more valuable to me than you doing the work and so when I hear that women went home and they went home to have babies and they went and they put the work down and they went and contributed to another life that came from them like I'm like that's exactly like that is the work like that is the most important work you could ever try to create because what you've just created the community is going to benefit from because you're a much healthier woman for doing that and you know and i applaud i applaud all the women all the women out there doing the nursing work doing the shift work with, with the kids and the schools and like probably yeah having to compensate for partners because our men like to run when things get hard they don't like to sit there and figure it out you know like You know, they don't know how to lean in. You know, they just lean the hell back and, like, you know, just kind of leave you to kind of figure it out sometimes, you know? And so, like, and and again, that's not like a projection on all men, like, you know what I mean? But it is a common trait that, you know, it seems to be, like, you know, prevalent. So, I, I don't know. But, anyways, like, I just think that, you know what I mean? Like, everything that, like, it took for us to get here is, like, is great. And you know what? Like, Allie, like, I, you know what, I'm gonna do something right now that I don't think like I've ever really done, but like, and I don't even know you like that, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask for your, your help. I'm gonna ask for your help. I'm like, and wait, what, what, I know, <laughs> and you know what, really? I know. I, I was like, well, there's a bedroom right up <laughs> there. But I was like thinking to myself, um, you know what, like you're a really great cheerleader. You know, and and I can see where yas is like, you know, the the man that he gets to to be in the room because he's got a a good wife at home. I'm sure keeping him in line and and making sure that, you know, he he feels powerful. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh and that's nice. That's good to hear. That's you know not as common as we'd like it to be yet, but it's 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 there. And I just want you to. I just want to. I'm gonna open the door, and I'm just gonna say like um. If there's any way that like, you could keep cheering me on like that,
1: Always.
2: you know, I I'd, I'd really appreciate it, and mm-hmm. I'd like to be like closer with you uh, in that way, because uh, that really helps. Like that's your medicine, mm-hmm. and like I know that because I'm I like to be a cheerleader too, and then when I meet another good cheerleader, <laughs> I'm like you know what, like uh, can can you cheer me on too? Because like I I really like the way that that feels, and mm-hmm. like you know, and just just. You know saying like can you help me out like that because i you know we don't we don't always do it that. and that's like so simple but yeah. I, I probably would think that and never tell you i would probably leave here and say you know what that is like a really great cheerleader and i wish i had someone like that so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna miss the opportunity good you know good
1: one i'm glad you shared that with yeah. me. yeah yeah definitely we're definitely gonna have to connect somehow. yeah yeah for <laughs> sure we're because we're go to the greenhouse
2: yeah. Oh, we're going to go to a greenhouse? Is That's that the right. One? Is that a dispensary? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> it's an actual greenhouse. Okay. Really? Okay, okay. Just
3: show them and take it, you know. <laughs> Me and Sarah are saying, here like, hello, we're here too. <laughs> the
0: plants. We're going to go see it. I went up for that idea. Okay, so... I need plant advice later, too. Right?
1: For
0: sure, for sure. Dude, she's the
1: guru. And he's like... (laughs) Not
0: even the guru, but... It was
1: funny, too, because when I had that moment, I was legit sitting in my my big unicorn, inflatable, (laughs) just relaxing in the pool by myself. I'm like, nobody's allowed to get in here because the kids get in there and it's all wild. Like, nobody can get in here for, like, five minutes, please. (laughs) So they all chilled on the deck and they were all talking away and whatever and I was just laying there. Dude, you know what? <laughs> and I had to tell him all about when you were talking about plants, and I'm like, I'm not the only black killer. <laughs> no. and there's hope for me.
3: Well, believe Sorry. me, during this whole journey, I've killed plenty of plants, yeah. but I've also kept most of them alive. So.
1: <laughs> oh man, it's so funny. He could he he gets after me all the time. Remember that plant I bought you? <laughs> I swear I wanted to keep it alive. But yeah, so this was a really, this was super powerful, super mm-hmm. passionate, because I know there's a fire and a passion in so many, in all of us. And it's just a matter of getting the opportunity to let it out. And it's also the opportunity and the permission that it's okay. And, and every single one of you opening up and being in that vulnerable state to the public Is a big deal. Mm -hmm. It's a really big deal. And I feel like it almost piggybacks off of our last segment when we talked about the mental health behind it all. Mm -hmm. And this is our mental health this is our opportunity to release and discuss and just be in a safe space where we can just laugh and talk and back and forth and you know and and create connections that we mm-hmm. never even thought was ever going to be there because just like you said earlier we didn't even really know each other we all we all see each other on facebook and wherever else and in the community mm-hmm. and stuff and we're like
0: hey i know you hey i know you guys hey what's
1: up but we don't know our stories right mm-hmm. and so this is like this is like a baby or a flower that's getting that's growing that's blooming into something bigger and more powerful right and there's so much passion just chilling at the table (laughs) just like doing their own thing and then somebody's listening going holy fuck I want to go hang out with them (laughs) come through yeah come through so I really appreciate you guys opening up and sharing your stories your journeys your advice your your Services, what you guys provide, what you guys can offer, and and to remember the boundaries. Yes, keep mm-hmm. them boundaries up because yeah. we need to keep ourselves good. Because I see it on Facebook all the time. These are graphics that I always see. You can't pour from an empty cup. Mm-hmm. So fill up your damn cup and and keep those boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> <Bubble laughs> yeah, oh I like
0: that. Well, that one
1: was good and then cutting the ribbons mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. was a really good one too so so yeah so this was a really this was good
0: I like it anybody have any last words? Mm, I was just thinking we could um, in the long run we can start inviting guest speakers and start picking out topics so we'll do that at some point
1: yeah totally we're totally gonna get so we might be in your inbox <laughs> <laughs> we gonna get in your box <laughs> you're gonna like it no I I agree Uh, Sarah that's a really good idea to um start incorporating other people in the community and the surrounding areas too Mm -hmm. like we need community we need sisters okay so yeah Mm
2: mm-hmm yeah, I was just like, you know, I uh, just agreeing with you, you know, like, yep, we need sisters, we need camaraderie. And we have it. It's act- it's happening. We're, we're just another fleck. We're just another, you know, reflection of where women are at. You know, you've had sisters, you've all had sisters. I don't know if you grew up with sisters, Alicia, one. Yeah, I didn't really grow up with sisters like that. But you know what, like, uh, having sisters today and choosing them and seeing them like, you know, just uh, what a nice, what a nice thing to witness. Um, and so I just want to thank you for the sisterhood sisters and like keep on keeping on and you know what I don't know what the next conversation is going to be about but I'm here for it and uh, you know I think like bringing people on and and, you know getting more of that juicy conversation is really what's going to be the the orgasmic (laughs) uh, (laughs) explosion for
1: us yes so all of our listeners keep on hanging out with us Yeah. There's more to come. So now you guys know that our stories and we are all like freshly new people with no. <laughs> amongst mm-hmm. each other. Mm-hmm. And then
3: we're gonna get in your box.
1: We're <laughs> <laughs> we coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. All right. Now I'll we'll go everybody. Now I'll we'll go right. off. Okay.